Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with the Tutor Podcast, another blast of uncommon sense for people in the tutoring, teaching and coaching business. Please remember, I'm here to help you. So send me your stories, your insights, as well as your questions and your problems. You'll find me, it's info at neilcamada.com. So let's get cracking with today. That's episode 64. Check your ego. Now, every so often in one of the social media groups, I'll read a post from a music tutor bemoaning that students don't practice as much as I tell them, or how do I get the little Herberts to play as much as I want them to, or my students don't play enough. Now, the post author is usually frustrated with themselves and the student, and usually they're asking the group how to make students practice as much as the tutor thinks they should. So having wrestled with this myself, the early part of the 20 years I've been teaching guitar, I get it. So this episode is for anyone else who's ever felt frustrated with students and the amount of practice done or not done, as the case may be. This is just me sharing what I wish I'd known on day one of my teaching journey all those years ago, because it would have made things easier back then and certainly making things much easier on a day-to-day basis today. So if you're getting frustrated with your students who don't practice enough, listen in. The first thing I want to point out is that there have been a number of light bulb moments down the years for me, and I'll go through them one at a time. It didn't all arrive as one massive insight. The first thing was that about what I thought they should do. And the first insight for me was that I was not the most important person in the teaching room or in the business. The student is the most important person in the teaching room and in the business. I think sometimes... I was a victim of my own ego. I thought I knew a lot of stuff and could somehow drag them kicking and screaming towards what I wanted them to do. But of course, it's not about what I want them to do. It's about what they want them to do. And I've come to understand that their lives, students' lives, have many moving parts that have to mesh and weave together, just like mine do. There's family, there's work, if there's kids, there's school, other interests, friends. They have a completely different map of the world than mine. So there's no point giving them my map and saying, there you go, do this. I have to look at their map with them and figure out a route where they can actually comfortably accommodate playing a musical instrument. Now, initially, I used to get quite, I suppose, grumpy, would be a good way of putting it, with students who didn't practice as much as I thought they could. But I figured out in a a dim moment that they deserve my respect too. They probably were doing what they could when they could, and it was I to tell them how to run their lives, for God's sake. Another big realisation for me was that I have no power over the student. All I can do is influence and inspire them. Now, they sound like quite high-level words to me, but influence and inspire the student to become the very best they can be is, I think, what teaching is all about. So... These days, I won't try to enforce or compel any kind of compliance or obedience because it'll just produce pushback and resentment from the student. I mean, do you want to spend your life enforcing compliance from your students? 
personally, I don't. It sounds like a lot of hard work. I would certainly have a boatload of fun with them, make them want to do it, and make them unstoppably want to do it, to make the idea of making music and playing guitar so irresistible that they just want to pick their guitars up and have some fun. Also, bear in mind, and this is certainly true of me, probably more than anybody else you'll ever meet, the moment somebody tells me to do something, I'll generally push right back and go, you think I'm going to do what you tell me? I'm a really bad polar responder. So unless you want to spend your time battling for compliance, fighting against pushback and the FU factor, don't try any force or compel your students to do anything. Remember, they will practice or play only as much as you and I can inspire them to. You can't push them to practice, but you can coax them towards it. So as I said, I'm really careful now to make sure that guitar playing never becomes a chore. I'll, I'll never use the language of compulsion or compliance with my students because that would run the risk of spoiling it for them. And that would be tragic if I were to be so caught up in what I wanted them to do that I put them off from making music for the rest of their life. That's criminal, man. So instead of any language that implies that I'm wanting them to have to do something or to comply with my wishes, I'll use different language structures, maybe phrases like this. Uh, this is a, a quote, but it actually is from me. I'll tell them that a friend of mine said, only a moron would pay for lessons and then not play at home. And you're clearly not a moron because you're here today. You're not a moron, are you? Just checking. So with the little kids, that usually gets a big smile and a grin and they get it. I might try something like this. Hmm, it looks like your guitar's automatic practice feature is broken. So we'll have to engage manual override. And that means it's completely under your control how much you play guitar this week. And again, this is a nice language structure in that it tells them that it's down to them. It also means that it's all completely under their control. I'm given the choice. If we can make everything volitional for the student, then they probably will step forward and play. Instead of saying goodbye to people these days, I tend to say goodbye, have a lovely, noisy, smiling like a maniac kind of a week. Kids love that. The parents love it too, because I think they're getting pulled into a world of playfulness and laughter. Simple reminder to people, do the drills, get the skills. I will often tell kids especially, they must not practice this week. Well, then I'll sort of wink at them knowingly and say, but you might want to drive your parents mental by cranking your guitar up good and loud. How much fun would that be? Kids grin. They visualize that in their mind. We're entering into a kind of a conspiracy of naughty children against the bossy parents. Chances are they're going to play their guitar a little bit more loudly. They're going to be heard. That's going to do wonders for their confidence. And remember, guys, when we're talking to students, it doesn't have to be hours and hours of practice. A lot of my students, the vast majority of them, are playing for the love of the instrument. It's a lifelong dream for a lot of my grown-ups to play guitar. So what I suggest is they just get their hands on the guitar for maybe five minutes a day. And I tell them the truth. My story of learning to play the alto saxophone was that I simply put the saxophone next to the electric kettle so that every time I click the kettle on to make a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, I pick the saxophone up off the stand and just 
you know, give it a toot for a couple of minutes. And that's how I learned to play sax. It was effortless. It was fun. I drank a lot of coffee. It's no big deal. So all in all, I think it's occurred to me over the year that the great thing for any teacher or tutor to do is let go of your ego. Focus completely on the student. Pay closer and closer attention to them. And don't try to enforce a diktat. Losing my own ego has made all the difference to my business and my happiness as a guitar teacher over the last 20 years. These days I've had to enforce a, a time cap of 50 hours per week teaching because I'm aware that I need to leave time for other things. Teaching for me is about the most fun thing to do because over the years I kept asking myself, how can I make this more fun? How can I make this so much fun? that my students won't be able to keep their hands off their guitars. And what I found is by keep asking that question, I've had a lot more fun. It's totally shifted my mindset. My work is joyous, it's inquisitive, playful. It's occasionally ribald, riotous and hilarious. And the end result for me is that when the teaching day is over, I feel like my last student has just left a party. Like all my friends have gone home. When I wake up in the morning, I get to do it all over again. And I get well paid for doing what I love with people I like. I don't care about my ego. My ego was making me miserable. It was making me unhappy. Having let go of that, I'm free to simply enjoy the process of sharing what I love and what I teach with my students. If you are having problems with students who are frustrating you because they're not practicing enough, it might be worth having to think about this. It worked for me. It might work for you. So let me know how you get on. Send me your responses, your questions to info at neilcamado.com. I'll be happy to talk to you. Till next time, I'm Neil Camado, and I can't wait for the next fun-packed episode of the Tudor Podcast, where I'll be busting myths, stripping the fact from the fiction, and grinding down to the bones of how to start, grow, and love your tutoring business. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media, and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes, and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate, and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow, and love their tutoring businesses.